Welcome to the bonus episode here on the Bible Book Club. Since we have finished the book of Genesis, we thought we would take some questions from some of you. And so here are some of those questions and some of the answers that we came up with. And I'm going to preface this by saying you guys are really deep thinkers and we are not Bible scholars. So some of this stuff (laughs) we had to look up. We didn't know ourselves. They were good questions, though. They were. So question number one. Question number one is interesting, and I had to really think about it. It said this, Genesis 10, in Genesis 10, 5, each nation has its own language. And then in chapter 11, it says they all had one language. Remember, chapter 11 is where they start building the Tower of Babel. And it the chapter opens saying that they all had one language. And, and this was causing a problem because they were becoming too, feeling too great about themselves about that. So really, when I looked into this, it was kind of simple. Remember, Moses is writing this. And at times, he kind of steps back. And in this case, chapter nine was a kind of narrative history and chapter 11 is a narrative history. And in chapter 10, he kind of steps back and kind of gives an overview of what happened. And that's why it's kind of inserted there at the wrong place. It's saying they all had one language, which really happened after chapter 11, but he put it in there because he was giving this big overview, knowing the history. He wrote it much later. He knew the history. And so he didn't, he wasn't, this is not his diary. It's not chronological. He's not walking through and marking down each day. He's kind of telling this whole history he knew and he makes inserts. And chapter 10 was an insert. It's like a literal literary trick that they use like in a history book when they say here's the overview of what happened and now I'm going to go back and talk about the war right or I'm going to give you the details of the dates (laughs) yeah I'm going to insert the dates of when it actually happened and the bible is a combination of narrative history and um you know a lot of documentation Mm -hmm. of stuff that happened that's not narrative we've been very narrative in genesis and we're going to be really narrative in um in exodus but then we're going to have Leviticus and Numbers, which aren't really narrative. No, there's just a lot of laws. A lot of details. It's like going to law school as a Hebrew. Exactly. Get ready. Exactly. All right. So good question. All right. The next question is, what does it mean that the scepter will not depart from Judah? And to answer this question, first, we're going to look at the definition of a scepter. So a scepter, according to the dictionary, is an ornamented staff carried by rulers on ceremonial occasions as a symbol of sovereignty. So wouldn't that just mean that that's where the line of Jesus is going to come from? Yes, because Judah is going to pass that scepter down from son to son to son to son to son to son to son until we get to Jesus. And it's never going to leave Jesus. He is the king of kings and he will reign forever. Yeah. And it's also that whenever Jesus's birth was being foretold and they were so excited about him being born, they really thought that he was going to be a literal ruler, that he was going to be a king with a sword on the horse. And that's why they were all kind of like, he's not the guy because this isn't what it's supposed to be like. Yeah. Where's his army? (laughs) (laughs) Some sent in audio clips of questions. Take a listen. Heather and Susan, Romans 10 verse 17 says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. 
we know how critically important it is to hear the auditory aspect of the learning process and also searing into the heart. I'm curious to know how you decided on your format for the Bible Book Club podcast and how that connects to God's plan for us to hear the word. Because I know every episode you read scripture and then you talk about the commentary associated with it. Well, I'm really impressed with the way that you do it because it is having an impact and it's touching so many people's lives. Okay, so the format was decided because... I really think you have to read the word first and let the Holy Spirit kind of speak to you before you study it. And I was doing a small group for our church with a bunch of girls and I wanted to cover all we wanted to do in just 12 weeks, all of Genesis. So I realized we had to cover five chapters a week. It was a lot. And I didn't have time to read it to them in our Tuesday night study and talk about it. And so I realized if if they were going to that if they didn't read it before they came to the study, they weren't going to know what I was talking about. And so then I realized they probably won't read it. So I decided to try this trick on Marco Polo. Marco Polo is an app. app. It's like a video app where you can record videos either live, but then it records them for later. Right. So I started a group on Marco Polo and every morning at seven, I said, I'm going to read a chapter five days a week, five chapters a week. And you can listen to it whenever you want. You can listen to them all at one time. You can listen to it when you're driving to work. You can listen to it live and make comments if you'd like. Yeah, but it became the favorite part of my day because I'd be putting on my makeup as it happened every day. It would be when I was putting on my makeup and it would be my little ding. And then I'd be like, oh, awesome. Susan's going to read to me while I put on my makeup. It was so fun. Well, it was was really great because everybody hung with me when I explained five chapters in one hour and they, because they had really read it and they had questions. They were ready to talk about it. And so that's how we decided to do this Bible book club is everybody said, we should, you know, make this a podcast because then everybody could hear it. And I said, but one requirement is we're going to have to read every word as we discuss it. And so that's kind of the plan. And so the lesson here is, you know, you might be involved in a Bible study or you just might be doing something that God has you doing at that time. And whatever God puts on your heart, whatever's the next step, do it. Somebody tagged us last week in a post on Instagram and it was about partnerships. Mm. And oh, yeah, Donnie, there was that one moment when Susan and I just started talking about this as a podcast format. And we both could have gone, ah, that, you know, it's a good idea and then walked away. But really, we both felt that on our heart that this is what God wanted us to do. And we were both obedient to that. And now here we are uh, at the end of Genesis and we're about to continue. And we know that it's touching some people and it's helping a lot of you guys. And so it was the right thing to do. So there's the other lesson. It's just whatever God tells you to do, walk in obedience because he'll bless it. And if you're not feeling very obedient, like I was, (laughs) (laughs) hopefully you have two people like at the time, Haley and Heather, who were both in the group saying, you can do this. You can really do this because I was overwhelmed. Like what? Huh? (laughs) We're doing it. (laughs) We're doing it. We're doing it. But I have a lot of support. We have a lot of support here. It takes a team effort. And actually that Donnie, who you just read that question from, was the one who tagged us in that Instagram post. So thanks for being oh, a raving. Really? Thanks for being a raving fan, Donnie. Yes, thank you. So this is an interesting question because I don't know the answer. Why did God also destroy animals in the flood? You know, I know that the flood was a reset for God. It was a, I'm going to wipe the earth clean and we're going to start over. Uh, we know probably that all the creatures in the sea did not die. I don't they think. could. 
could live in the because water. they could live in the water. So I don't see, and it doesn't say that they died. So I don't really see this as a vengeance against a, a punishment against the animals. It just that God was resetting the earth, and His focus was on humanity. And you know, He had He had challenged them. You need to or ordered them to subdue the animals and to be over them. And they were there, just like the plants. The animals were there for the people. But I don't think that, I think God didn't realize maybe that there would be unintended consequences of all of the animals dying because we know know afterwards when he he made the, he he felt bad about it after, right? He felt bad after and that's why he promised Noah he would never do it again. Well, I think, I think he knew there were consequences. He was killing a lot of people. He was killing a lot of animals. He was killing a lot of plants. The plants couldn't have survived underwater. So I, I, but I think always in everything in the disease that we have in this world, could God stop the disease? Yes, he could. Does it grieve his heart that we have disease? Yes, it does. But that was part of the fall. And so you think disease is from Adam and Eve? Oh, there wasn't disease before Adam and Eve. It's part of the fall. Adam and Eve would have lived forever. They had the tree of life. And so they would have lived forever. That's paradise. That's why with the second coming of Christ, when we are in heaven, it is that return of order and we will live forever. So so death started when the fall happened. Before that, nobody died. Mm-hmm. These are deep questions. Yes, yes. Now I think it grieves it, it grieved his heart that people died. It grieved his heart that animals died. But I think he created the animals and the plants for us. It, but I see it, why it, the question because people love animals, and it right. seems like why did the poor animals have to die when they did nothing wrong? They didn't sin. The humans did. Animals do not have souls. We don't know what happens to them. They're not written in God's plan. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that, you know, animals have a soul and that they live. They may be there, but they're a little, you know, they're strictly there for us. It doesn't mean God doesn't love them. doesn't mean they don't bring pleasure. God looks on all creation and it is good. It pleases him. But only with people does he have a relationship. I did just get a puppy recently. I know you did. I know this is really hard for you. (laughs) Yes. But what I was going to say is the breeder had this really big word that Mm -hmm. she used for us. Because in explaining why we should create our sweet little puppies while we go to work, she said that people assign human emotions to animals and the word is called anthropomorphizing. What? And I'm going to tell you, I am a dirty old anthropomorphizer because I feel bad every time I put that poor guy into that <laughs> into that crate. Yeah. And, and anytime he has to stay there for longer than an hour. Oh. But um, I guess maybe I can point to that. But it makes me sad to think that it makes me even sadder to think of all the humans that died. I'm sad for all of it. Yeah, it was. And that that is what grieved the Lord. He, he realized he knew what was happening. He knew why he had to do it. But that's why he promised Noah, um, it'll be different. The, the only, there is a judgment to come, guys. Remember, fire is coming. It's going to be even worse, probably, than the flood. It's more painful to die by fire than drowning, I think. Oh, gosh, this is sad. Move on to the next question. Okay, Heather and Susan, you are doing such a wonderful job with the Bible Book Club podcast. I want to know, how did you decide when you read scripture every episode, which version of the Bible are you reading? Because there's the NIV, there's the ESV, NASB, and I know that 
there are interpretations that can be a little bit different with regards to word. So how did you decide what you wanted to use? Well, first of all, I didn't even know what we were using because I had to ask Susan the other day. <laughs> Yeah, we're using the NIV and that's just because it's a common one that I've just used a lot. But I will be honest, I use many different. I look at different versions. In fact, I was reading something fascinating today about just the Hebrew language and the what it does, the nuances of what it does to the understanding of the word and how if you really understand Hebrew, even Genesis has this repetitive pattern of... Um, two sons, the the second is favored more, two sons, the second is favored more, two sons, the second, and it's all the patriarchs, all the way, everything we just studied, five sets, you know, where every single time it's this pattern, but it's really emphasized in Hebrew. And we, and we kind of miss that in the translation. So I love different translations, but NIV is really kind of easy to understand. Yeah, I grew up with NIV, but now as an adult, I tend to read NLT more. I just feel like it makes more sense to me. Huh, I do. I I like ESV a lot. The message is usually the hardest one for me because it just changes it it so much. And so then you don't recognize the verse. With the others, you can kind of recognize, oh yeah, I know that verse, but it's paraphrasing the message. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm, Okay, good. Well, we hope if there were any unanswered questions as you were listening through this season of the Bible Book Club, that that just worked them all out for you. I know that uh, sometimes I was more confused than anything else by the question and what we started finding. It's hard, right? Because when you start Googling and you find one thing that says one thing and one thing that says another thing and one thing that you taught me, Susan, is that you have to be careful when you Google because you could end up on maybe something that's not a Christian or a Jewish site. It could be some type of theology that we don't necessarily want to follow. So be careful when you do that. But we definitely did have to look some of those up. We hope we answered them. And if you have any other questions, send them in. And who knows, maybe we'll do another question episode in the future. We may answer them in Exodus because there's more. There's (laughs) so much more. What's a club without friends? If you're enjoying the Bible Book Club, why don't you share it? And then you can say, welcome Welcome to to the the club. club. New episodes drop every Monday and get all episodes now on Amazon Music. As always, head over to SusanMe.com slash Bible Book Club for show notes from today's episode. Bible Book Club is hosted by Susan Merrill and Heather Rubio, edited by Buck Buchanan, produced by Haley Mawatt.